Now the title of my sermon today is There's a Shaking Going On. Imagine that. There's a shaking going on. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Acts 2, 1 through 4. I'm sorry if I sound kind of nasally. That's because I am. But I'm the healed of the Lord. I stood out in the rain and the cold in Kansas City waiting for my shuttle to come and pick me up. And I didn't want to go back in and call them because I was afraid I'd miss them. Then I went back and they said, well, you were supposed to call us. I said, hello, I called you 45 minutes ago. And then I got to the room and I didn't have any heat in my room all night, so I was cold. So anyway, hallelujah, I'm better than I was yesterday. Glory to God. He's doing a work in me. Amen? Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look. The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place in one accord. What does that mean? Unity. They were like-minded. Amen. Look at Acts 2, 41 through 46. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily, how? With one accord... In the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Hallelujah. They were in one accord and we saw wonders and signs. That's what it says in 43. The fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Turn to Acts 5. Verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord. There it is again in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, there's no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities, round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, some of them. Every one. And they were healed, every one. Hallelujah. One accord, they were healed, and they were delivered. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 5, talks about being in one accord, one mind, Having the mind of Christ. We're not going to go down there because of time. But you can write that down. Romans 15, 5 and 6. Like-minded, like, like, uh, like Christ. See, there's a spiritual hunger that will always <coughs> trigger revival. When you're spiritually hungry, then you can just get ready because revival is on the way. Well, we've got to come into one accord. Have, have 
the same mind, have the same heart, the same vision. See, the, Acts, the book of Acts is a book of action. Oh, it breathes about the power of God. Hallelujah. And I've been studying it. I just got through teaching Midwest School for Harvesters on the Holy Ghost, and we just had a Holy Ghost undone one night. And, uh, I mean, things just started bubbling up things. It was called the Holy Ghost. Started bubbling up on the inside of us. And we just began to pray. And the Holy Ghost ended up in here, ended up out there, and ended up back there, and ended up back here. And prophecy started taking place. Hallelujah. And 45 minutes to an hour later, we came back in and finished school. All because of the Holy Ghost. Right, students? Why? Because we were in one accord. Like-minded. And I was teaching on the importance of speaking in tongues. And why speaking in tongues? And I looked over at Cole and he was going, Shundarabakusundarabak. And man, it took off. And then we took off. And things happened. Amen? That's what happens when you get in one accord with a bunch of people that are believing God for mighty things. Like-minded, things begin to happen. So the book of Acts, it, it, it resonates with the power of the risen Christ. See, that was transferred to the disciples. And who are these disciples today? Me and you. Amen. So instead of being destroyed, you know, the devil tried to destroy Jesus, but, but he gave his nature to his disciples. And his nature is to give life. His nature is to bring healing. His nature is to restore. His nature is to free people from their sin. His nature is to deliver. And you have that power on the inside of you to give life to those that are lifeless. You have power on the inside of you to lay your hands on the sick and they might recover. They shall recover. That's right. You have power on the inside of you to lay your hand on those demon-possessed people and see them set free by the power of God. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have the nature of God on the inside of us. Jerry, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. See, we can do those things. Why? Because Christ lives on the inside of us. This was just not back for Peter and John and the Bible people. It's for me and it's for you in this hour. And the world is hungering for those things to happen. Why? Because they're in bondage. They need a deliverer. They need a savior. But they also need to see the power in the church. Amen? They need to see the power of the Holy Ghost in you and in me. They don't need to see us coming to church and getting all riled up on a Sunday about things that have happened and then go out and act and talk and, and be just like they are the rest of the week. I'm because they say it doesn't work. My daddy was that way. I've told you a story about my daddy, and I'm not going to tell you any more. But praise God, he saw a need, and he finally got saved and is in heaven today. But see, when you come to Jesus Christ's nature, you take that nature, you take his nature on, and his nature is to give life, hallelujah, to heal, to restore. And see, the more that we can do the things that Jesus did, the more of his power we have in us. The more we spend at his feet, the more time that we spend with him, then we become more and more and more and more like him. Amen? Amen. You've seen that happen just hanging around friends. You just hang out. Well, then you begin to kind of do the things that they do. Sometimes you take on their... It's easy for me to get back into that southern drawl, like I don't have it now. 
but it's easy for me to get back into that when I'm in Texas around those people. And I tell you, this week when I was in Alabama, oh, my word. <laughs> there was one lady, Donna Jackson, we've known, I've known her for several years, and she'll say, oh, Lenore, I tell you, she said, God's just been so good in our churches, she, and I just love to listen to her. Well, if I wasn't careful, I could just say, be saying, well, Brother Cole, you know what? Because you just get right back into that. Why? Because I was born in the South. And so some of that's still in me, that nature. But we become like who we hang out with. So we hang out with Jesus, we'll become like him. Hallelujah. More and more we take on his nature. The more Christ-like we become, then the more healing becomes a part of us. Because that's who he is, he's healer. The more Christ-like we become, the more deliverance becomes a part of us. Why? Because that's who he is. He's the deliverer. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? See, if we don't magnify the true nature of Christ by teaching and preaching the word and healing the sick and winning the lost and casting out devils and performing miracles, then we're not going to make an impact on the world like we're supposed to make an impact. Amen? Amen. We just won't do it. You know, we can do all the right things. We can have church. We can have our little religious organization. But if we don't allow God to move like he moved this morning and change the lives and change the hearts of people, then we're not worth our salt. We're to go about taking on the nature of him, spending time with him and going out and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. We're to go about and winning souls for him. We're to go about and you see somebody that's depressed and oppressed and every other pressed, then say, you know what, hallelujah, I have somebody that can free you. Lay your hands on them. Cast that demon out of them in Jesus' name because the devils have to bow their knee to him. And they'll be set free. And they will forever be grateful to you. Amen? See, we must be like him. It's a must. If we're ever going to see things differently and have things differently, we must be like him. We must take on the nature of Christ. We must spend enough time with him to become like him. Well, I come to church on Sunday morning, and if I can find my Bible, I bring it. Well, let's pin a rose on your nose. Amen? If I can find my Bible and dust the dust off of it, I'll, I'll bring it to church. If not, it's okay. We've got this thing up on the wall and I can read along. Well, you know what? If that's all we ever do with him, then we'll never become all that we're supposed to be in him. We'll never have more than what we have right now. In Acts, turn there if you would, Acts 5. You're probably already there. Acts 5, verse 15 and 16. So it's talking about the power of the early church and the signs and the wonders. Verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick in the streets, and we've already read this, I love this, and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one.
See, Peter had great faith in Jesus, and he did many wonderful things among the people. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost and dwelling in him. Because of the power of God in him is the reason that he could do the things he did. He was only one person. And here it said that they brought people into the streets and laid them on beds and, cou and couches that if Peter just walked by and his shadow touched him, they were healed. I've read books by, about Smith Wigglesworth where he did the same thing. Now picture this. Smith Wigglesworth walking down the streets of Garden City, Kansas, and Andrea walking by and needed healing in her body. And because of his, his shadow overshadowing her, she just fell out under the power of God and was totally healed. That's what happened with Smith Wigglesworth. That's what happened in his day. Why? Because he had taken on the nature of God. Because he had spent so much time with him that people just came into his shadow and they were healed. They were set free. They were delivered. Well, I don't believe that. Well, believe it or not, it's true. It could happen to me and it could happen to you if we would just spend enough time with him. You know, Pastor Steve Vickers was ministering this week at the summit and Harvest Churches International. I went to a Harvest Churches International summit and Pastor Steve said that here a while back he and his wife Denise went to Dillard's. Denise had to get something and she asked Steve for his credit card. How many of you know that's what men are for? She asked Pastor Steve for his credit card and there was a young girl behind the counter and if she took the credit card, all it said on there was Steve Vickers. It didn't say pastor, apostle. It didn't say any of that stuff. It didn't have the name of his church. It just said Pastor Steve Vickers. Or it didn't say pastor. It just said Steve Vickers. And they said that as a, the, the young girl, about 23 years old, started to ring up that bill of sale, she just began to weep. And Denise thought, what's wrong? So she looked at her, and these were Steve's words. Denise said, baby, what's wrong? And she said, oh, I can't begin to tell you what a mess I've made of my life. She didn't know Denise Vickers from Lenore Newman. She didn't know who they were, where they lived. She knew nothing about them. And she said, I've made a mess of my life. And I'm so depressed. And she went on to share all of this stuff. And Denise just took her hand and said, oh, baby, you have told the right person. And so she began to minister to her. And right there in Dillard's in front of God and, and all the employees and everybody else, that young girl came to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen? Why did she begin to do that when she took Steve Vickers' credit card? Because God was so inside them. That she surrendered to that love and to that power. And just like Denise said, oh baby, you've told the right person. She had the answer. Amen? Spending time with God. See, everyone was healed. Peter walked by, and his shadow touched somebody, and they were healed. This was the norm for the early church. This is what happened. And you know what? Oh, hallelujah. Nothing has changed. Glory to God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, we didn't live in Bible days, but we live in Bible days. Amen? Amen. 
He is the same. He is the healer. And we spend enough time with him like Peter did and like Smith Wigglesworth did and like Denise Vickers did. When they come into our shadow, they're going to be healed. They're going to fall out under the power of God. They're going to have their miracle. They're going to be saved. Hallelujah. People are going to begin to cry and say, I've made a mess of my life. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Well, I do, honey. You've told the right person. Glory to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he does not change. Amen? Amen. The Bible even says that we're to do greater works than he did. Hallelujah. See, there are people outside these walls that are dying. They're hurting and they're lost. They are waiting for help. They're waiting for us to come to them. More than likely, they're not going to come into the church. Most of them don't. That's why laborers have to go forth. But they're also wanting us to be who we profess to be. We profess that he is all power. He is all knowing. That he is healer. Then they expect that for them to change. Amen. They're waiting for us to do what we're empowered to do. And we as Christians, as a church, are empowered to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen? See, there's people, I bet, sitting in section A, B, C, and D out here today. There is probably someone in each row that has a need in your life. But we've been so quiet and we don't come into relationship, and we ask people, how are you? Fine. Are we really? Are we really fine? Let's just sweep everything under the rug, and it'll go away. No, it won't go away. I've known people to leave and move to another church or even to other cities, thinking that they will get away from their problem. You know what they do? They just carry that baggage with them. And it follows them wherever they go. Why? Because they will not allow God to free them from it. And we keep people at arm's length and not get in relationships and say, Daryl, honey, you've, you've told the right person. Rosie, you've told the right person. I have an answer for you. And his name is Jesus. Some of you say, oh, well, Pastor Lenore, you think that Jesus can fix everything. He can. He can. He is who he says he is. He's our joy. He's our strength. Now, that doesn't mean that we just sit down and, and it's just not going to fall on us like apples uh, on a tree. We have something to do and something to say about it. We have choices to make. Amen? But the Holy Ghost, when you come to know him, you take on his nature. And what he is, is now in you. And you can do all that he did, and greater works will you do, is what the Bible said. I'm so excited about the Holy Ghost. I tell you, it just makes me want to charge uh, hell with a water pistol. Just makes me want to go out and tell everybody, you know what, you don't have to be sick. You, you don't have to be in misery. You don't have to be oppressed. You don't have to be possessed. Because Jesus, because God sent a Savior.
Savior, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And he lives on the inside of me. And when I lay hands on you, you're going to be set free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what we have been sent to do, church. That's what we have been sent to do. But oh, well, I wanted to do that with that checker at Walmart, but there were some people behind me, and what would they have said? Who gives a rip? That's right. Well, I know somebody over there, you know, they've already said that, oh, yeah, they go up to that, that church. They always already think that we're funny, and so I didn't want to do anything. Who cares? Would you rather see somebody die in their oppression and in their sin and you not be obedient to do what God has called us to do, all to please somebody else? I remember the day I got saved. Thank God I did not try to please everybody that was in the choir loft with me that day. I'm going to preach, I think, some about this tonight, share about this. I'd gone to church all my life. I was only like in the fifth grade or so. I think I was 11, whatever grade that is. I never heard an altar call. And when that guest minister of that denominational church gave that altar call, I thought, whoa, I've never done that. Never even heard of that. I didn't know I had to accept Jesus as my Lord. So I got out of the choir loft, went down through the pastor's office, which would have been like that baptistry room. <clears throat> the choir loft was up here where, where the baptismal tank is because we didn't do that. We just sprinkled, okay? So we didn't have a tank. I went down walked through the pastor's office, out those doors, and came down here, and he said, what are you here for? I said, I'm here to do what you said we need to do. I never heard of such. Because, see, my pastor never did that. Took a guest minister to come in and give an altar call. Thank God he did, and I got saved that day. And at that time, at that young age, I took on the nature of Christ. Amen? Parents, it's so important to have your kids in Sunday school with the Frank and the Steffs and, and the Mike and the Glendas and the Pastor Jeffs and whoever else is teaching Sunday school. It's so important to have them here. It's a tool, a very, very, very important tool. And don't give me this, well, you know, that just makes it to be such a long day for them. Give me a break. They go to school at 7.30 or 8 in the morning. They can't come to church for three or four hours? Come on. I wasn't born under a walk. Amen? so important for you to bring them. Well, I don't know why I got on that. People sitting out here that have a need, it's up to us to go and say, hey, how are things going? Fine. Oh, really? I've just sensed that you're kind of down. Is there something that you'd like to share with me? Can I pray for you? And be genuine about it. Pray for them and see the power of God work through you to meet that need. Amen? See, the world is waiting to see evidence of the power of the Holy Ghost working in us. Through the name of Jesus, they will be set free. Hallelujah. Acts 1, let's look at it again, and then I'm going to have to close. I've not even touched hardly anything here. Acts 1 or Acts 2, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, hallelujah, I love it, suddenly 
there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think, I read about the silversmith. And this woman had gone to a silversmith and, and wanted to know how he did things. And so he took this piece of metal and he said, you have to, well, let me read it. He held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver right in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest to burn away all the impurities. And that woman that had asked him the question thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about that verse and said, that says, he sets as a refiner and purifier of silver. And she asked the silversmith if that was true, that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time that the silver was being refined. And he answered, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eye on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. Because if the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. This woman that had asked the question sat there for a moment and she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And he smiled at her and said, oh, that's easy when I see my image in it. See, today, if you're feeling the heat of the fire, remember that God has his eye on you. And he will keep watching you until he sees his image in you. Amen? What we need in this hour is a fire of the Holy Ghost to sweep through the church. I believe that it began today with the men. I really do. Because, see, a fire will purify. Fire will refine. It will drive out all impurities. It'll burn away all those undesirable elements in our lives. And it'll set our hearts on fire so that we can go and ignite someone else. Amen? That's what it's all about, is each one of us reaching out with the love of God and lighting somebody else's fire. But we're going to have to have ours lit first. We're going to have to believe that, that we are who we say that we are. And that God is so big on the inside of us we're going to have to believe that when we, just like when I prayed for our sister up here a while ago, she said, I believe that I'm healed. Hey, that's 90% of the battle right there. She knows it. She knows what the Word of God has to say. Amen? And we've got to know it. There's got to come a knowing within us. Oh, and when there's that knowing, hallelujah, we can charge hell with a water pistol. Amen? Oh, it's exciting, church. So exciting what God is doing in this hour. But we're going to have to yield to it. We're going to have to yield to him. We're going to have to separate ourselves. We're going to have to be holy as he is holy. And the fire is going to spread. Hallelujah. The wind and the fire, the winds of the Holy Ghost sweeping through this place. Wind and fire combination is unstoppable. We've seen that from the fires of California. You know, the fires and then the winds. And I, it, it's taken, those, those fires and the winds have taken thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. Burned celebrities' homes. Amen? 
Well, the winds of the Holy Ghost and the fire of the Holy Ghost can burn out that chaff in each and every one of us and us and beyond these four walls where people will bow their knee to Him. They will have that life that He desires us to have. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father,